1: So there has been a lot of news coming out of B.C. because the woman at the center of a of really a diplomatic nightmare, Meng, I'm going to say this wrong. Her name is Meng Wanzhou. That's how you actually say it. Was in B.C. court today. And this was about the most attended bail hearing in the country. And the publication ban has been lifted, revealing all sorts of interesting little bits uh, about this mystery woman. And she is accused of defrauding multiple financial institutions. But interestingly, no formal charge has been laid. The Americans have two months to do this. And apparently she was arrested while on her way to Mexico. That's when she was pulled off a plane. And the allegations were laid out showing that U.S. banks were concerned that Huawei-owned company called Skycom, which was doing business with Iran, That's a subsidiary of this company. So her father, the owner of this company, worth about $3.2 billion, we should say, got a bit of cash. So one of the big concerns, of course, on bail is, you know, will she run? I would say... She might be a bit of a security risk, but uh, she does have several expensive homes in B.C. She's got kids and at one time was a permanent resident of this country. So what does this all mean and where does it go from here? Let's bring in David Shipley. He's our global news radio cyber security and tech expert. Hello there, David. Good evening. Are you watching this one carefully?
0: Oh, yeah. This is going to be causing a lot of people heartburn over the next couple of days. Certainly investors have lost a pile of money. Um, you know, not just in Hawaii but it just globally as this has sent shockwaves.
1: Yeah, uh, Anthony Fury I had on a little bit earlier, and he, he says that this is the story of the year. It's just that big.
0: Oh, yeah. I you mean, agree with him? I, I, I do, because... And and the consequences and the fallout can be can, can be so macro and also so micro. And by macro, I mean the stock market's reacting. We know there'll be some kind of retaliatory move by the Chinese. How this potentially throws off Trump's so-called 90-day truce yeah. on the escalating trade war, we don't understand that. And we know for Canada, the last time we did the Americans a favor like this, Canadian citizens ended up getting yeah. pumped up charges and uh, ended up in jail for a period of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know the conversation, a lot of it is about, um, you know, retaliation. What does China do next? You know, do we lose trade deals? Do they, like you just said, jail Canadians? What happens? Um, I don't know what happens, but Justin Trudeau is in a very tricky spot because he has to, um, as an agreement with the United States, if they extradite her, we will be handing her over. But again, the fallout is big. But the big thing is, and Stephen Harper was talking about this today, he said we have to shut down Huawei and say goodbye. Do you agree?
0: I, I think, you know, given the preponderance of pressure from our other intelligence allies, with the Americans now overly saying we could lose access to U.S. intelligence if we proceed with integrating Huawei's technology into our 5G networks, um, given the fact that we know the Americans know their vulnerabilities in that network that they, they want to continue to exploit, um, given that a former prime minister has come out very strongly, and you know, he hasn't come out on many issues, so that that's pretty significant. Um, but at the same time, there's extraordinary pressure on the federal government. With some news stories breaking this evening that, you know, the cost to the Canadian telecom sector to pull out of their plans for five G now could be in the billions of dollars um, with Huawei. So, you know, you can see the pressure now mounting on the prime minister on this issue.
1: Okay, so explain to me what life looks like without without this company in Canada? I mean, if it's such a risk to our security, and I actually can't understand why Canada has been so kind of lackadaisical. Maybe you can explain that to me after, but what is it like if Canada doesn't have this company?
0: Well, so Huawei has been sort of a meteoric rise as a telecom company. You know, as Canadian uh, telecom giant Nortel fell, Huawei and others rose. And and really the only choice, I'm told, besides Huawei for 5G is Sony's, uh, sorry, the Ericsson, um uh, company and and what it has for 5 g, so you know we've we've gone down a technological path, pulling it out is going to be expensive, um, but it, it raises some really interesting questions. you know um, this is part of the balkanization of technology as well. so now we're starting to distrust global supply chains because we don't necessarily trust the the countries and companies they and the relationships they may have.
1: Right. And look, I mean, the bottom line is we may pay, pay billions now for the loss, but we could lose our complete national security um, if we allow this to stay and turn a blind eye to it. I mean, we've we've talked about this a little bit, but CSIS doesn't come out very often and speak publicly. And they dropped this kind of quiet bomb on Tuesday. And now we know what's going on. Um, there's obvious concern.
0: Well, there's a huge concern, and, and let's, like all the cards on the table, the Americans told us four years ago right. in a New York Times article that they are, they've hacked into Hawaii's equipment um that they know their vulnerabilities. We know that they know there are vulnerabilities and that they don't want them fixed because they want to use them to spy on the Chinese. But for the same reason, they don't want that equipment in their uh, backyard or in their allies' backyard. Um, so, you know, it is, it is a standoff and it's an example of why we don't want to give up our offensive capabilities against other countries and make ourselves vulnerable by using their tech. Um, so it, it's a tricky thing. And at the same time, the two countries of the five eyes that are in a real bind are Britain and Canada. Britain because Brexit is causing an economic meltdown and they need better trade ties outside of the EU. And Canada because we need to diversify our trade away from the U.S. Right. And China's the logical dance partner. If you shut down their hot tech company, Huawei, well, you can bet you're not going to get the best deals on a, on a trade negotiation.
1: Right. Why has Canada been so... Um... You know, apathetic. Why are we always so reactionary uh, to this? I mean, the writing has been on the wall for a long time. Cyber threats have been warned. I mean, the warnings of of cyber, you know, these things have been in the headlines for years. Why are we so slow
0: the reality is that that you know I've had conversations at the, at the at various levels of government. This isn't this isn't a barn burner issue for the average Canadian taxpayer, so it's not an issue for the MPs, and 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 that does reflect a startling lack of sort of foresight. But this is not the first time where you know governments and democracy has been caught sort of flat footed when there's been a major shift. Right. And, you know, until as citizens, we're starting to hold government accountable and say, you know, whether it's data breaches and, and, and or abuses by companies like Facebook or personal information or national security, we demand better of our elected officials and take this stuff seriously because our our economic well-being into the 21st century depends on a secure digital infrastructure. And you're right. Right now, we're just twiddling our thumbs.
1: Okay. And so what should the average person then, because this is so way beyond me. I don't get this world. This This is so foreign to me. But what would this technology be in? Because every time I hear someone, oh, they bought a Siri or they've got these contraptions in their house that, you know, Andy Stanton loves his technology. You know, his whole house is wired uh, with uh, his little gadgets telling him when to go to the bathroom or when to set up a password, whatever. But people love this technology for convenience. Is this something that people should just say, yeah, I don't want it?
0: Well, it- The thing is, like, 5G technology promises speed that we currently get with fiber optic cables into the house. So it's going to enable uh, everything to be connected at high speeds. And that's what's going to power self-driving cars and smart cities and smart grid. And and that flow of data is really how we're going to harness sort of economic efficiency and also economic opportunity. So there are two risks. Number one, if you turn that, that grid off then the economy grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you can't trust that grid to securely transmit private information, then your intellectual property, which is the oil of the 21st century, is gonna be stolen. So you know, lights out and loss of money is the end of, uh, end of the line sort of bare bottom thing that taxpayers have to be thinking about, is this is our economic future. And the people making these decisions do not have a good grasp on that.
1: No, I don't think anybody does at this point. Why haven't then we developed this? I mean, we've got a great tech sector. I mean, you go to KW and, uh, you know, everything's, we've got our own hub. Why haven't we developed this here in North America? Well, I mean, you mentioned Ericsson, but why haven't we done it ourselves?
0: We we did. It was called Nortel, and then we squandered it, and and also nation states like China stole it from us. (laughs) Um, And and people forget that China raided our intellectual property cookie jar, the National Research Council. So they cleaned us out for tens of billions of dollars worth of intellectual property, and then signed a non-aggression pact with our government, saying we're not going to hit you up again. Well, of course (laughs) they did, because they (laughs) stole everything of value. Uh so, you know, we, we've already suffered tremendously. And that, what that means is real jobs never got created in Canada. So that, 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 that aggression that I talk about, this loss has already happened. Are we going to set ourselves up to have this happen even worse in the future?
1: Where do you see this story going?
0: Honestly, like what's your I, gut reaction? My gut reaction is I think that they have really kicked a hornet's nest on this one. I think the timing could not have been who poorer.
1: Who's, who's and, kicked that nest?
0: Well, I think the Americans kicked this off by by putting that warrant out there. And I really think that there are two U.S. governments now. There is the the government of of the president and what's going on there, and there's a second sort of the the bureaucracy and and how it's operating, because if it is one and the same, then they're they're completely unpredictable now, and no one's going to want to do business or try and negotiate with them because they sat down on the table with the Chinese president and negotiated a truce at the same time they were pulling this off. I know. The president didn't even know about it. Yeah, I mean that this is you know, this is gonna be causing both Trump and the Chinese president to lose face. Um and, and that's that has huge repercussions. I mean, global global conflicts don't take many big things to no. get rolling and you know, this one the trade war was already hot. This is just throwing gasoline on it.
1: Jeez, okay. We've been warned. David, thank you very much for scaring the bejeebras out of me
0: appreciate it. You're always welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's David Shipley, who uh, knows obviously a lot about this stuff. Man, we have been so far behind the eight ball, and I guess we're going to pay the price for that now. Oof. Remember when... Never mind. (laughs) Remember when, like, what... Yeah, this this geopolitical stuff's getting too intense for me. I was gonna say something I'm just not gonna do it.
0: All I right. thought you were gonna say remember the flip phone and I was gonna say <laughs> yes, I remember
1: do. the remember when you can take a pay telephone and you could take off the bottom of it and then put the wires together and make a free phone call? Those were the days. I long for those days. I've gotta be honest. If I were a time traveler, I'm going back to the eighties and the seventies and the eighties.
0: Don't get this guy started on the landline.
1: I love the landline. I miss the land. Don't you? How much do we miss the landline in radio today? You know, we rely now on telephones that are cacking out and making all sorts of noise. But that's just the world we live in. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.